For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. Okay. So, you know, Dirt Talk. Welcome back to the Dirt Talk podcast. We're here to talk to you once again about the beautiful kingdom of dirt. The dirt kingdom. The dirt kingdom. It's not the dirt world anymore. It's a little bit royal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going back in time. Would that be alienating to some folks if we started calling it the dirt kingdom? Like, build it, making the dirt kingdom a better place. We're, we're, we're rebranding everybody. Yeah. <laughs> that whole world thing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We're going, we're going to new regal, regal <laughs> and exclusive levels. That's just what we're doing here, build it, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a little background, uh, Aaron and I, this is our fourth podcast of the day. Yeah. Excuse us for any stupid comments, any lack of terms and phrases that are otherwise common, mm-hmm. um, unexciting chit chat. We've, we've, we've done a lot of it already. Sure. I've talked the entirety of today. Mm-hmm. I have not stopped talking and we started at eight this morning and it's two o'clock. I work very hard. Yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> what I was like thinking about, you know, we do these like kind of marathon days, which are just going to happen every once in a while. It's just how, how it is. Yeah. Um, I'm like, well, you know, I don't, ha- I'm not, I'm not the guest on the Thursday episodes we were recording. So I'm, I'm, I can kind of just like, you know, phase out. No, I have to like super engage because I'm like running the camera and like keeping yeah. everything right. I'm like, I'm actually... Just as like mentally engaged as I tr- probably yeah. normally am. Making editing notes. And- yeah. I'm like, it's like a million pieces the whole time. And mm-hmm. so like I saw uh, Missy was looking at me at one point. Missy Sherber. She was yeah. you know, sitting here while yeah. we recorded. A live studio audience. Live studio audience. First time. First time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty new- fun. Wow. That's great. It does get very hot in here. I'm going to speak to the camera. It gets very hot in here when you have five people. Uh, um, I'm, I'm working on the whole air situation. In the next but studio. I don't even though, know. Okay. Go ahead. Well, in the next studio though, we should... We should consider a way for people to watch. Like if you want to have a few people into a podcast session, Mm -hmm. like you go into, and not saying we're same, same level, not even close, but uh, you go into, what's the money guy down South? Dave, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. I told you I'm going to lose, lose track of things. Dave Ramsey, you go into their office. So you walk in, you walk through reception and to your immediate right are glass walls and the studios are right there. And they have chairs and tables set up for outside of the studio in which people, there's probably 20, 30 people every single day that show up there to watch the show live. 
So you can see all the cameras and everything like that. You're kind of behind glass, but Mm -hmm. it's like you're almost right there as well. So you're watching it and then you're watching what the broadcast actually looks like as well. And you're listening to the professional broadcast Mm -hmm. and it's pretty cool. And then um, uh, on breaks, he'll come out and talk to everybody. And then there's a place for people to pose for photos. Again, not saying that we're going to be hosting a daily radio show anytime Mm -mm. soon that's Mm -mm. listened to by millions, tens of millions of people. Pretty highly syndicated. We're, we're, we're dirt talk. Mm -hmm. So we know our place, but it would be cool for people to spectate because I think that will be more and more of a common thing. Yeah. Um, or I hope at least, I don't know. No, I think that'd be really, really fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, you work at, the more we grow, the more people we'll just have in our office, both who work there and who don't work there. Mm-hmm. I, to me, that makes tons of sense. Sure. Um, I want to take a mild shot across the bow at Dave Ramsey. Now that you brought him up. Cool. I wish they used nicer mics. I, I've always thought that the, uh, audio quality sounds kind of like poop. Just me, just a bit. I didn't really pay attention to audio quality. So audio quality, well, if you, uh, if you're not in the audio world, you never really think about it for sure. But listening to something with better audio quality is so much more enjoyable. It's just better. So much more. Yeah. 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 Whether you're, whether you're aware of it or not, Mm -hmm. it's just far more enjoyable. Do we have good audio quality? I build it. We do. Good. Um, I feel good about it. For the most part, every once in a while something happens and I'm trying to fix it. Oh, yeah. I'm a one-man show here. Like that that just happened the other day. Sorry. It, you know, what are we going to do? Fortu- well, fortunately on Chemo's episode, he talked for most of the time. He, I didn't he do, really did. I didn't do much he of the talking that at all. Thing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, somebody like that or like a Jimmy, you kind of just let him carry it. And You know, we've had a handful of guests over the last couple months that end up carrying that Dirt Talk episode. Yeah. And I don't know that we'd like set it up that way. It's more just like, oh, they want to go. Let's just let it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't go into any episode with any expectations. I don't try to, okay, I'm going to go into this episode and I want to get this out of it. Yeah. Uh, because when you do, and I've listened to Oprah talk about how she interviews, and Oprah is pretty good at it. You know, indisputably a, a quite, quite a good <laughs> interviewer. Yeah. And um, she says, you know, if you're working off questions, you're going to miss the most important question. And that's the follow-up question. So you really have to listen to what someone says mm-hmm. to really get into how to unravel the conversation. And Joe Rogan, he's another example. He's an absolute expert at how to lead a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a total, a total art form. Um, so if you're, the times that I've gone into a conversation saying, I'm going to, I want to touch on these topics. They don't, they don't go nearly as well. Yeah. Well, we've talked about it a number of times, even today on the multiple podcasts that we've recorded, that it's just like, when we go into these with um, basically just like a, a, an intention of curiosity, mm-hmm. they always tend to go better than like, all right, we need to hit this. We need to make sure we talk about this person, or we need to talk about this thing that just like, let's just like be curious Ask questions, try to learn whatever we're going to talk, you know. And that's why we're in the double digit of listeners now. Yeah, we might have 10, maybe even 11. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yes, this is the fourth podcast episode of the day, but we've got plenty to talk about. Plenty to talk about. I, I'm, I'm fresh off of a trip to good old North Dakota. Mm-hmm. So within a seven day period, I went from the absolute <laughs> middle of nowhere, Saudi Arabia in the desert to the absolute middle of nowhere, North Dakota in a coal mine. Which, significant difference uh, climate-wise. 
the first, so the first day was the only day that was just, just unbearably really? cold. I, <laughs> I, I, I maybe took a few hundred photos and I don't think any of them are probably worth anything because I was just too cold. I couldn't focus. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. Would you wear long underwear under jeans on a trip like that? Yeah, I was, okay. oh, uh, for sure the okay. whole time. Yeah. And I, and okay, I get it. A lot of you guys, you know, you're, you're working in these cold climates and I get all these snow plowing videos and photos and I respect the hell out of anybody working in cold climates. I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. So I've got the whole working in a hot climate thing down, not down, but I did it for, you know, four summers and you do enough of it. And okay. All right. I, I kind of get, this, got this figured out. Yeah. 115. Cool. And for all of you guys saying, oh, but it's a dry heat. Fuck you. Still hot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm just not, I, I'm, I'm not experienced in being outside in significantly cold weather. I've been, you know, you, you go skiing and it's like 20 degrees, 15 degrees, and it's a little chilly in the morning, but you're skiing, you're shredding the slopes, you're heating up, you're, you're, you, you stop by the little hut with some fucking chili and, and you, ha- you warm up, you know, get your tummy all warm, then hit the slopes again. Life's good. It's sunny. It's beautiful. Bluebird sky. This was, it's, you know, my weather app said it feels like, you know, negative 10, negative 15. Oh, geez. Because it was already damn near zero. And then the, the wind was just whipping us. I mean, it was brutal. So the first day was miserable. Second day, pretty good, but the wind was, was blowing. Mm-hmm was really blowing and there was a little bit of snow on the ground but not as much as i was hoping for third day though was absolutely perfect we went to the falkirk mine one of my all of these mines are incredible Mm -hmm. we were with north american coal they're all great an unbelievable mining company we talked to them so do you guys have a turnover problem no not really you have a hiring (laughs) problem no not really how long have you guys been here for Oh, well, I've been here for 45 years. It's, it's, it's insane. It's insane. Like one of the guys, it wasn't even a joke. He's like, yeah, I've been here for, you know, almost 40 years, but I'm not even close to one of the old timers here. There's like 10 guys that have been here longer than I have. And it's just, it's, 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 it's a very special company Mm -hmm. and special minds, special people. It's, it's, and everybody, everybody loves being there. Everybody's proud to be there. Everybody loves talking about the reclamation efforts and their equipment program. And it's, it's fantastic. And yeah. a consistent, you have three different minds, but a, a consistent culture across the minds, but each one has its own identity at the same time. So we go to Falkirk and we get there maybe 10 degrees outside, but it's not windy. Snow starts to fall just as we get there and we go out. They're not running their reclamation fleet, which is the kind of the pre-stripping fleet. So the fleet of trucks and shovels that uh, digs the dirt ahead of the drag line and then brings it to the other side of the pit where they're starting the reclamation process. So they were just running uh, their coal hauling operation and their drag lines. Mm -hmm. But it it was perfect because we only had a few hours. And so we got to see everything quite intimately without having to worry about, oh, but there's other trucks over here that we're not seeing, or there's a shovel over here, because it's a big place. You can't see the whole place in a day. So we got to see awesome equipment. It wasn't too cold. It was cold, but it was bearable. It was like maybe 15 degrees, and it was snowing. And it was just awesome. I mean, fresh snow over everything. 
snow falling. So you get that in your, your photos and videos and you have the crest coal haulers, the 200 ton crest coal haulers that look like they're straight out of Star Wars cruising down haul roads at 40 miles an hour. And it's all, they're white and everything else is white and they're kicking up all the snow behind their, they, they run eight tires. So that's the yeah. snow is whipping up and you're just like, wow, this is straight out of a Hollywood movie. <laughs> So it was a really cool visit. The mine president was with us on the, the whole visit. Yeah. I think it was the mine president and then uh, the other gentleman with us, operations, he, operations manager. I forget his, his formal title, but they were both there. We were there on a Saturday morning. They don't work on Saturday mornings, but they were there, you know, answering every question we had, taking us. We, we, we had the shop manager too take us through the shop. It was fantastic. I can't say enough good things about North American mm-hmm. Coal and then just NACO as a whole. Yeah, the, those guys have been great to work with really over the last what, whole year, right? We've been, even more yeah. than that. Yeah, we did their website, NACO.com, mm-hmm. N-A-C-C-O, rebranded five companies because it's a family of companies, mm-hmm. um, did some video projects, and we have a lot more on the horizon. Yeah, It's, it's super humbling to be a part of uh, directing the future of over a 100-year-old business. So there's that. And then this week, I go to Ohio. I'm going to go see Workbrow. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Buckets, implements, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They have a big fabrication plant there, which I'm super stoked. American manufacturing, which is always, always cool, always a joy to see. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go see a steel mill with bulk equipment. Fun. And one of my favorite photos I've ever taken at, oh. is at this facility. Yeah. They have these 988s with these steel mill packages on them gnarly gnarly machines and they're they dig slag so they're digging molten rock they're digging lava essentially and uh i have a i have a picture of a 988 picking up the slag and the slag kind of glowing slag dripping out of the bucket and it wasn't exactly what i wanted because the lens i had then wasn't wide enough for what i needed but now i can get it i have the right (laughs) the right Right settings I mean, and everything. For the first time in a while, that sounds like you have at least a uh, single item shot list going into a visit. Mm-hmm. You're not big on shot lists. Uh, or at least any, someone else's shot list. Maybe yeah. you're on. No, sh- yeah, it's my shot list. Yeah. It's, sh- it's shot list. Two things I really want to get. 988 with slag coming out of the bucket, glowing. Two, pot carrier dumping a fresh pot of slag. Yeah. Those are just too cool, cool. It is so, it's just so primal to see glowing liquid rock pour out of something. Is it like crazy hot in those facilities? Um, it's warm, but where I was, I wasn't up near the furnaces or I, I forget how they make the steel at this plant. But um, the way it looks like you're in like a, uh, a volcano man-made. So it's kind of like, you know, the the Star Wars and the Attack of the Clones, how they're in that factory where they're filling the big pots of... I do. And they're making the droids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that. They have those big pots Uh full of just liquid slag. Tip them over. And they tip them over and it splatters out everywhere because it's just straight up liquid rock. But the, the... when I was there the last time, they, they come over and there's alarm bells going off and this and that. And they're like, hey, you need to step in this cage. So you step in this cage 
And right in front of the cage, you see the slag pot just flip over and just dump out, and it just splatters everywhere, the slag into this pit they have on the floor. And then the loader comes in and digs it once it cools just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's hot because it's a few thousand degrees and it just slaps you in the face as it, as it pours out because the temperature differential is is enormous Mm -hmm. compared to their temperature. And you're like, whoa, that, no, that is, it's like. You it's don't like, have to pretend that that, that is hot. Yeah, like <laughs> Arizona, you, you, you leave the grocery store and you go out into the parking lot midsummer. It's like that, but even more extreme of mm-hmm. just like a, okay, that is wild. Yeah, that's sick. Honestly, it kind of reminds me of like when we walk out of the podcast studio on a really sunny day. Mm. It'll like get kind of dark in here and we're just sort of, you know, and then we walk out into the hallway and it's just like, yeah. And you're just, reminded there's still daylight outside. Yeah, it's like, oh, there's like life happening outside of this room with no windows. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, one of one of just a few rooms without windows in this office. Mm-hmm. On purpose. Tried to leverage the natural light. Yeah. So that is uh, what my travel has looked like and will look like next week. This week. This week. This week. Tomorrow. This week. Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um. At the NACO trip, so you went out with uh, Dan and Randy and Matt. Was that who who was? Yeah. Before we go? Yeah, yeah. So Dan and Randy came with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dan, for those that don't know, um, I worked with him at HCSS, a software company, construction software company. I was doing I Build America. He was leading the marketing side of the business. We both left around the same time. He went off to go work for others. Uh, but worked with me on the side of his other gigs because I didn't know how to do marketing (laughs) and he did. So I went to him and I said, how do I do this? And we just started working more and more and more together. It got to a point where, Hey, you know, he, he's much further along in his career than I am. And he's at the point where he can go work anywhere and go make a ton of money. And it's like, when you're at that, at that, in that position, yeah, you're going to go do that. Why the hell go work for a startup? Mm-hmm. So we just decided like, yeah, there's, you know, I don't need to be hiring an executive as a startup with just me. You don't need to be working for a startup as just you. So we'll part ways. Long story short, we never parted ways. Mm-mm. He's basically built the company alongside me. I'm running around the United States. He's back home making sure the whole thing stays together while yeah. I run around. And it's been a blessing. Well, and that dude's worn, I mean, so many hats at BuildWit. He's, a million different yeah. roles, just I mean, like, like whatever roles, we need. They're, they're really quite, like he, him and I, we're just willing to do whatever. Like, it, like we were just talking about titles and making sure the titles within an organization make sense for scaling our organization. Because it's like, hey, we have a lot of elevated titles right now that worked at a smaller company. But if we go to a, you know, if we're going to multiply by five, we need to restructure a little bit to mm-hmm. be thinking ahead here. And we both started, we were like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll just give up my title. I'm, I don't need it. If my title needs to go somewhere. Okay, cool. He's like, yeah, I'll give up my title. I, I don't care. You know, yeah. have it. If we need to get rid of it, get rid of it. If we just do whatever needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And then Randy, uh, Randy Blunt, he's been on the podcast. Dan's yes. been on the podcast. They both have. Yeah. Uh, Randy Blunt. He has been working with our business for a, about a year now as an advisor, uh, helping to inform the future direction of our business based on his unique skill sets and uh, perspective as a former construction business owner. He sold blunt contracting back end of 2020. 
uh, to WW Clyde. So he still works at Blunt, WW Clyde, helping to lead that company, being involved in WW Clyde. Yep. And then he works with us as well. Um, so I'm trying to, this year, we're trying to spend more time together because we all, you know, we yeah. all three lead the business, lead our areas of the business. And then I, um, you know, just want to give them more experiences in the dirt world to just show them here's what, when I talk about coal mining, here's what it actually looks like. Yeah. Because it's a lot different in person than it is in a photograph. That's cool. Yeah. I love that you got the, I'll go out there and especially um, in like not, well, not ideal weather, but also like just like it, it's it's a little challenging out there. Well, that's the point. Yeah. I, I, that's I, what I'm trying to say. I go out there in January for a very specific reason because yes, it's cold. Yes, it's miserable. Yes, the day before we got there, it was at this one mine. Negative 20, negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit. And they're still working. They're still moving coal. They're still making power for a million plus people in multiple states because power demand doesn't stop. And it's just real. it's a cool story to see people working day and night, seven days a week, regardless of the conditions, to make sure that society has the baseload power they need. Mm-hmm. Power is a complex issue. Everybody thinks it's this, it, it, it's, it's one thing or another thing. It's, it's a combination of a lot of different things to make a sustainable, reliable power grid. And that's changing. It's, it's a constantly changing and evolving thing. But everybody treats it as this, this binary issue. It's either fossil fuels or it's renewables. It's like, no, it's, it's actually a combination of the both because Renewables can't do what fossil fuels can, and that's provide a base load of power. You know, when the wind's not blowing, renewables aren't, you know, wind farms aren't giving you a whole lot of energy. So yeah. you need something to come in behind it and make sure it's good to go. So it's, it's really a combination gas and nuclear, and there's, there's no right answer there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's, so it's, it's cool to just educate people on here, you know, uh, here's what it takes to provide power in the middle of winter. These people are working nonstop. They don't stop just because it's cold, just because the wind's blowing, just because it's snowing. And then to show people as well, here's what a coal mine actually looks like because coal has been just badly demonized, badly demonized. And um, there's a lot of misconceptions about what a coal mine actually looks like. And you say coal mine and people are thinking, you know, 1930s underground, West Virginia, with a, like a fucking little bird in a cage, a canary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just not, it's, that's not reality these days. So being able to, just having the, uh, the ability to tell just a small piece of the story to a broad audience is, is super, super cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a good looking trip. Awesome. Yeah. Um, we have, uh, little dirt talk questions. I'm going to dig in. And I was kind of glad it was a little miserable too, because I have the, I do my best work when it's a little miserable. Those are the trips I remember. And then also, you know, Dan and Randy, it's like these guys are getting a little soft. We got to get them out there. And yeah, it must be real cushy in those offices, you know. It's just a competitive thing too. It's like uh, I like. Uh, well, it's just it's just an industry thing. It's like if they're working, we're working. We need to keep pace with the industry. We need to speak their language. We need to match their intensity. I'm not saying we work as hard as they do, but if they're on the elements, we need to be on the elements too. That's mm-hmm. just that's what it takes to tell stories in this in this world. Yeah. So you're outside, you're battling mother nature. Okay. We're right there too. Love that. So that's what we've always done. It's yeah. always been the story of how we 
how we serve those people and serve this industry that we love. Yeah. Questions. Questions. Dirt talk questions. Dirt talk questions. Okay. Here we go. Question from Nate says, the owners slash management of the company I work for are very reluctant to spend money on more equipment and new technology. Seems like they want me to make do with what we have and just rent the equipment when I need it. Since I often manage multiple sites and need all sorts of equipment on each, I know it would be much more cost effective and easier on me to have certain things in our fleet instead of always struggling to find rentals or end up using rentals longer than expected. How should someone in my position who's not an owner or high enough in the company to make big purchases without approval? How should someone in my position handle getting the owner slash management of the company to move forward with purchasing the right equipment and technology to make the work more efficient and easier for everyone involved? Um, make the business case to someone that you report to in a thoughtful and humble manner. You know, don't be an arrogant asshole about it because that won't be received very mm-hmm. well. But uh, do, your, do your homework. Make the business case. Put the numbers on paper. And so, it, you know, look at the math. Does, does mathematically, hey, if we were to buy this, it'd be this much money. And here's how we'd use it over this amount of months. And this would reduce this rental costs. And here's the rental costs that we've been paying historically. And so here's the difference between rental and purchasing. And so this is why I genuinely believe that this is in the business's best interest to purchase. If you make the business case, if someone here at the company made a business case for doing something differently in by by not criticizing how we currently do it or claiming they're smarter because they figured something out, but by saying, Hey, uh, you know, I'm closest to the problem here. I use the equipment every day and I, uh, just took it upon myself to, to, to make sure we're doing what's best for the business. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed we have been renting this kind of equipment or technology substantially. And, and so that's what this cost is. And here are the, the benefits, but here are the downsides to that. And then I thought, um, well, what if we purchase that? And so here's kind of what I found here, are the benefits here, are the, the downsides. And, and when I'm looking at this, it, um, it, I think it makes sense to potentially purchase this stuff, but I could be, I could be missing something here. You know, I only have my perspective, but your management or you guys are the equipment department or whatever it is. Am I missing something here? Or is there a better way to do this? Um, if you went out of that direction, I mean, at least me as an owner, I'd be all ears. Like, dude, mm-hmm. if you have a better way to do it, and that'll save the business money or be just better all around, a better experience for everybody, let's go do it. And if you go make that business case and you try to continue to improve the business you're at, uh, again, in a thoughtful manner, you put in your time, you, you earn your stripes, you're in a position to even make the case in the first place. You do all that and still nothing changes. Maybe evaluate where you're at. Maybe mm-hmm. look into other places that, you know, like a, like most of our, all of our partners, I go to all of our, like again, North American coal. I was just at one of their sites. Mm-hmm. They have a, 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 a they, they, we're in their shop and they have all these hose reels on the wall for all the different all the different reels and everything like that. So you have your, you know, I don't know, your oil and your, your deaf and your coolant and whatever it is. But I'm not, I'm not yeah. a technician, so I'm not super familiar with everything there. But um, historically, they're all just there and it's kind of a mess and it gets all messy and you, 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 you can't really tell what's what sometimes. And maybe you're in a hurry and God forbid you go put the wrong fluid into something. That happens. Mm-hmm. It sounds crazy, but it, it definitely happens. Sure. Um, I always stress out about filling up 
my truck with diesel because I'm always driving gas cars for rentals. So I'm always switching between diesel and gas for like every few days right now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always like, oh shit, what if I, I'm always worried when I, when I go to the gas pump, but sidebar. Um, so someone made the business case where, hey, what if we built this enclosure? We could fabricate it ourselves where everything is color coded. Everything is clearly labeled. All the hose reels are hidden within this enclosure. So it just looks a lot cleaner. It's a lot more orderly. So it's not just uh, for aesthetics, but this can save the company money because this could, if it just prevents one person from accidentally putting the wrong fluid in one of the machines, it pays for itself like that. Yeah. Because it's so devastating if it were to actually happen. Yeah. You know? And so they, they know that, you know, fixing machines is the priority. So it's not that, you know, oh, oh yeah, go build it right now. But management's also like, that's a fantastic idea. When we have the time and ability to make that happen, let's make it happen. They've put them into the shop. It looks absolutely beautiful. They're very proud of it. It's, it's just a hell of a lot more useful. That's just a small example that I just saw the other day that was, you know, management, management's not the closest one to a majority of the company's problems. They're seeing it from their perspective. But if you're a foreman overseeing a pipe crew, you are most intimately aware of what your pipe crew has to deal with day to day. The good, the bad, whatever it is. So you are probably the most informed other than your laborers and your yeah, operators. That's what I was going to say. They're, they know even more. Exactly. Your, your team is the most informed on what it takes to lay pipe at that company. Mm-hmm. You have a valuable perspective. Now, you don't see the big picture of the entirety of the job. And so you, you, you're missing that perspective. And so that's why I said, you know, when you're going to management or whatever to your plan, hey, I might, I'm, I, I'm probably missing something here because I'm only seeing it from my perspective. But at the same time, you're the subject matter expert. You're a, you're a better expert at that subject in a humble manner. It's just factually speaking. You don't have to act like yeah. you're the guy that knows everything. But you're a subject matter expert. So, so bring that information forward. But like I said, if, 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 if you keep bringing that information forward, if you're, if you're doing the right things, if you're working hard, you're really trying to make the company different. It's just not working out. Any of our partners, no, I, yeah. I couldn't go to a single one of those guys, all the owners that would not be receptive for someone saying, Hey, I think I can, I think I can save the company money here. Yeah. And it's not just, I can affect the bottom line by spending a little bit less. It's like, this makes sense for our company to do and it makes our jobs easier. And it also saves the company money and doesn't that work out for all of us? Exactly. Everybody wins. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, the way a company should look at people is if I take care of my people, they'll take care of the company. A lot of companies say that it's not necessarily practiced all the time. It goes the other way too. You know, if I'm an individual, I'm getting a paycheck from a company. I'm going to make sure that they're definitely getting their investment out of the money they're paying me every single week to be there. Yep. And they're, I'm generating a, 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 as big of a return on investment for the company as I can. Because if I take care of the company, if I take care of the people around me at the company, if I take care of our customers, if I take care of our, our uh, um, you know, um, vendors and subcontractors and stakeholders, everybody, if I take care of everybody, I'm going to get taken care of. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. It might not be immediate, but I'm going to be better off. Yeah. Right on. Um, like for the podcast, for example, you're far more, 
informed on the process of the podcast and how this should be done. Yeah, you I show up. I show up. <laughs> I see it from my perspective. So I'd be an idiot not to heed your advice or ideas on how to improve the entirety of the podcast because you know better than I do. Yeah. And maybe, you know, you have a suggestion and it's like, hey, that's that's fantastic. That would work really well. But big picture, you know, here's where I want to take the brand. Yeah. And, and this is my perspective. And you know, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I, we've I had see conversations that. like that too. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So um, uh, it's it's that same application anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, is is bringing like that, like you say, business case. Is there any version of that where um, leadership isn't like in the right position to say that's not your job? Sorry about that. Is that like um, something that would be typical that could, or could, just some yeah. people are like that? I mean, yeah, you're running the risk of, of that happening, sure. but then that's just confirmation that yeah, mm-hmm. it tells you more than just that. Yeah. Too. Maybe yeah. I should be elsewhere. If you're someone that wants to go Excel and doesn't like the status quo and you need more of that in the industry, mm-hmm. there's a lot of status quo and that's, that's great. That's how we got here. Uh, but we need to be continuously. Okay, cool. Just because we're making a killing this year doesn't mean all of our jobs are running as well as they should. It's just, it's not how it works. Yeah. So, and I, and, and, you know, from a, um, from an individual's perspective, you should always be looking for opportunities to add value, but it's, it's, it's more important from a, a management standpoint, if you're a project manager or an owner or foreman or anything to be seeking out those ideas and to be asking the people that you lead if they ha- invite them into the conversation mm-hmm. because people aren't typically used to being a part of the conversation and maybe they've been in the, you know, doing their thing for 30 years. They've never been in that position of, Hey, hey what do you think? Which is a crazy thought, but yeah. it doesn't happen very often. So it really is on, on management, on leadership to invite people into the conversation as well. So say in this position, you know, maybe they're a foreman. Invite your laborers and operators in the conversation. Hey guys, I'm, I'm looking at this, maybe talking to management about getting this equipment. Here's kind of what I've worked out. Do you agree? Or is there something else I can add here? What do you, what do you guys think? Because they're even closer to the problem than you mm-hmm. are. So you're leveraging other perspectives, getting their buy-in on the idea, and then you bring that up and it's even more valuable. It's even more powerful. Yeah. It's even more informed. Cool. Thanks for um, following up on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One thing that I thought of as really like as I asked the question was if you bring the business case like to, you know, leadership or whoever makes those decisions about like new equipment and they, um, if, if it's a, if like the, the business case portion is strong, like if it's accurate, those numbers make sense. That makes sense for the business. And they, still aren't interested to me. Like that's like more of like a personal thing than a business thing at that point. Yeah. But also, um, also be patient there as well because again, yeah, they, if they say not right now, then you're like, well, fuck you. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They might say not right now and they might, ideally they would say why they'd give you a reason why, but they might not, but that doesn't mean they're out of bounds or wrong at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's every situation is so, Anything with human being is so dynamic and everybody likes to just look at it like cutting. Well, they said no, so fuck them. Well, 
Yeah, they don't care about their people. Maybe they, they said, said no, no yeah. and maybe things are fucking busy right now and they're being sued over here and they're trying to get new equipment over here and the supply chain issues constraining them over here and they're missing a deadline there. Like maybe they have other problems going on too that need their attention right now and they might circle back with you. you know? Well, yeah, there, there are plenty of like short-term complications that even if it's better in the, the long term um, that are worth kicking the can down the road. It's just because it adds that short-term like stressor, you know? Sure. Like, not yeah. every not every, not every company has like the bandwidth to be like every decision we make is always for the future. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just can't. You no. know, like it has to be. Well, no. We got to get through this week first, or we can't. Well, and um, you know, like in scaling a business, in the book Blitzscaling that I, mm-hmm. I recently read, because we're you know we're getting into that position where we're going to be growing pretty aggressively. Yeah, that's one of the things with growing a business is you just need to basically know what fires you need to let burn. You can't go extinguish every fire because there are too many fires. Mm-hmm. So you need to be looking at like the structure fire. Uh, you know, maybe there's a, a fire outside in the in the dumpster, but let's go take care of the structure fire first, and let's go put that thing out. Yeah. I'm going to have to deliberately let this dumpster fire burn, and that might be a problem for some people. But if I don't get my house figured out first, that dumpster doesn't really mean a whole lot. So there's there might be some of that too. Yeah, just prioritization of what mm-hmm. what needs to be dealt with first. Right mm-hmm. on. Cool. Thanks. So with that, um, wholeheartedly appreciate everybody listening. We're hitting records every week right now. Yeah, every week. Which is awesome. We're into double-digit listener count. Double-digit listener count, which is quite spectacular. Yeah. Who knew? We just thought we'd be five people. So we're, we're far exceeding our, our wildest expectations and dreams. Um, we appreciate everybody consistently listening. I'm so happy that there's a lot of new people listening. I get a lot mm-hmm. of messages saying, hey, just found the podcast. Yeah. Love what you guys are doing, which is awesome. Uh, thanks for everybody that's reviewed us on Apple Podcasts. If you listen on there, take a second to just hit the review button. It takes it. It, it is the easiest process in the world. You can even just do the stars if you don't want to write anything. Yeah, yeah. Just do, yeah. You don't yeah. need to write anything. Just do the stars. Just give us a little bit of love on there. That is a huge help. We don't charge. We don't make any money here. Mm-hmm. So that's the least you could do. Um, if you have questions or topics or anything or any kind of feedback, send it to dirttalkbuild.com. Mm-hmm. And with all that, we will see you guys on the next episode. Until then, stay dirty, everybody. Mm-hmm.